Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon's Valley Trip. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Good day. Good day. Got a good day today. We are diving back into FMF. Fitness, music, and food. And we also have the word of the day, compassion. We'll talk about that. We're going to start with fitness. Let's talk about, um, let's call it a trendy tool that you can see now around at all gyms and all fitness centers, which is the Swiss stability ball. It is a very, very, it's a great tool and it's a very important tool to use and to know how to use it because as its name says it's stability it's going to challenge your instability it's going to challenge your lack of balance and the lack of core strength that you can have it's really going to challenge that most of the exercises are going to demand that you whether sit or lean on the ball with your limbs, whether it's the arms or the legs, and you need to have your core engaged at all time. And that's why it's such an important and great tool, because when you engage such large group of muscles at the same time, like your core muscles and your glutes and your quads, the amount of calories that you're burning are way higher than if you weren't. Like if you're doing any other type of exercise where you're really not engaging the core. Because, for example, machines in machine during exercises done with machines or on in on machines you probably don't have your core engaged to the max because you have a stable surface that's supporting you. In machines, you're always sitting down on a bench. You always have back support also. So you don't need to engage that much because you're not going to fall. But when you're on the stability ball or the BOSU ball, the the half uh, size stability ball you put your hands there trying to do a plank or a push up and you start feeling wobbly all around your body and your abs and your glutes your legs everything starts to shake and the first thing that you do is engage that core tighten up tighten up tighten up and it's um it's a great great ex um tool for fitness programs now especially because a lot of clients or a lot of people that start working out or seeking for a personal trainer 
they come to us like with imbalances. And if we don't correct that quickly, it can turn very bad. And one of the first things that can happen is that they're going to injure themselves because their body is not in uh, balance. There can be a problem with the back, a spine alignment. Uh, one shoulder is shorter than the other because the muscles from that side are just pulling and when people do those uh, shoulder press, they always get hurt. You can see them at the gyms where their the bars are all crooked and they don't even realize it. Or they just got used to dealing with, with the pain. But that's something that, as personal trainers, you don't want. You don't want to injure anybody. You want to keep them as safe and as strong and healthy as you can. So stability ball, it's um, a great tool to implement after you do exercises of strength and conditioning or after you do um, exercises for like if you're lifting heavy to, to gain muscle, to bulk up. <clears throat> and the other thing that it does is that it, it improves and it, it, it just allows such a high range of, mo of movement. Whether you're sitting on top of it or you're doing your, your exercises with, um, with the, ex with the ex very, very extreme, like with your hands and your, your feet, with the ex uh, extremities, your limbs, it's going to allow to move it's going to allow for a lot of movement. When you're sitting on it and you're doing abs, there's a lot of movement there, but when the movement occurs, once again, our our balance is always challenged. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot of engagement from, from the core, from the abs, once again, from the glutes and the, the legs. If you have a chance, go to LeBron James uh, Instagram at King James. The workout programs that, that dude does on the stability ball are just so fucking gnarly. That dude is so freaking strong. His core is just fucking cyborg kind of shit the dude is so fucking strong freaky strong and he does exercises on the stability wall like mind-blowing and you can also check jiu-jitsu guys that roll on top of the ball it's insane the amount of movement that they can produce when rolling on on top of the ball and that gives so much strength to the hips to your core which is so important for everything in jiu-jitsu for movement for guard retention <laughs> you can do squats with the stability ball you can do planks with the stability ball you can do leg curls jackknives and push-ups full body attack right there abs 
legs, glutes, chest, triceps, shoulders. Phew. Yeah, just working on the stability ball by itself, just doing what four to six sets of 20 reps of each exercise that I just named squats, planks, leg curl, jackknife, and push ups. You'll get a good, good sweat. And at the end, do your back bend. Your spinal stretch is so fucking amazing. And if you want to, like I said, since the ball allows so much movement, try to reach over with your arms and get into the full wheel or the full bridge position and stretch the back. Always, once you get that core engaged, when you inhale, press with your heels and direct the hips upward. Feel that bend, feel that release on the lower back. It's amazing. So go get a Swiss stability bow and work out. Strong core, strong body, strong mind. On music today, I revisited Pearl Jam's Vitalogy today. Holy shit. Vitalogy or Vitalogy? What a fucking great album, man. I was so taken aback. Like, oh my god, this song's in this album? And this one too? Holy shit. I didn't even remember. So many songs are just fucking badass. Like, people can't say that Pearl Jam was only good when they came out with 10 and and after that they had like a couple of good singles here and there like demo songs and then that they faded Vitalogy is so fucking badass the albums just it starts with a total slap last exit Oof, that drum beat. This is, this is my last exit. Spin the black circle. Punk as fuck. Eddie's voice. Oof. Just boiling nails on his throat. Not for you. Not for you reminds me of, it makes me think of the doors of Jim Morrison. Because... I remember reading or watching in um, PJ20, their documentary for their 20-year anniversary, that uh, Eddie or the band wrote that song at the time that they were on a big legal battle with Ticketmaster because Pearl Jam wanted to lower the prices of tickets so that they were more affordable for, for the fans. And these fuckers, of course, of Ticketmaster fought them they there was a legal battle there and um 
Jeff and Stone had to go and testify and talk. Just explain the reasons why they want to do what, why they wanted to lower the prices. And then, I think right after this album is when they went on that tour that they basically made that tour out of their own pockets. Like, they set up the venues and they weren't like the classic arena venues that they were playing when they were with Ticketmaster and under label control and shit. They just started looking for locations in the cities where they wanted to play and just went on it. And man, they were on a fucking tear when they wrote this album. Tremor Christ. The smallest ocean still make big waves. Yeah. Little And then the epic Nothing Man. Such a beautiful song. And they get total whip in the face with whipping. And then the other attack, Corduroy. I don't want to take what you can give. I would rather starve than eat your bread. Oh, tell us how you really feel, buddy. Bugs, fucking hilarious. Satan's bed, probably after Black and Given to Fly, best lyrics that Eddie has written, in my opinion. Better Man, also super good, super clever song. Immortality. That song is bitching. This whole album. Of course, I didn't mention those little instrumentals and the Ayadavinata and Hey Foxy. Uh, some some editions of the album don't have this same track list. Some editions do. But those are just like, I don't know, like crazy shit. They're not even demos. They're just like little musicals inserted there, but damn, it's it's so crazy to think that besides 10, maybe this is the album that they play more songs on their set list. I have to check with that, that freak from YouTube that is a Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam expert, I don't know. <laughs> The dude, there's a PJ20 directed by, made and directed by fans that the guy is in it and he talks about like how he knows, how he's calculated the percentage of songs of determinate album, the percentage of that album that goes into each set list. And along their 20 the span of their 20 year career he's talking there about 10 is 40% of the set list lost dogs is 17 what whatever but yeah that guy's like pro jam obsessed so go and listen to vitalogy from pearl jam cuz it's bitchin food to close the FMF cycle. What y'all know about plantains, baby?
plantains or cooking banana. If you look, if you search on Google for plantains, it will show you cooking bananas. And you can eat the plantains when it's green or when it's ripe. The only thing is the ripe can be eaten raw, just like the regular banana fruit. The green one, you can't. It's just like, it's like eating raw potato. It's just, yeah, it's super starchy, super dry. So once it starts uh, getting ripe, the skin of the plantain turns from green to yellow. And sometimes, it, just like the bananas, they start uh, getting these spots and stuff. But you can cook them both in a couple of ways, I mean both in the same way, and that just the ripe has one modality that the green one doesn't have. So with the ripe you can make slices, which in Venezuela we call tajadas. You guys, if you are a little bit familiar with plantains, can find it at like Cuban restaurants and some like fast food restaurants where they have, uh, they call them maduros. And what maduro um, translates into ripe. Then, so you make those slices and you fry them. So those are the fried plantains. You can also put them in the oven and bake those fuckers. And you put them like whole, slice them right in the middle, kind of like butterfly open them and you can stuff some some cheese honey and cinnamon what or you can just stuff it with you know some protein like beef or pork or chicken whatever you want but sometimes it's butter and cheese that's that's enough that's all it needs and then you can also boil it. So you can just cook it in water. And you can cook it with the skin or without the skin, however you want. It really doesn't matter. And um, it's always going to have a sweet taste when it's ripe. So that's why it goes good with um, honey and with white cheese and cinnamon. As a matter of fact, one of the dishes, which is like a munchie killer, a munchies killer um, for my food business is called Nirvana. And it's fried plantains with a little bit of butter, honey, cheese, and cinnamon. And my God, it's fucking delicious. And then green, you can also slice them and fry them. And, but it has a, a couple of steps. So you slice them, you fry them, then you take them out of the pan and you smash them. You smash them and spread them out as big as you can and then you put them back in the pan in hot oil. Let them cook for like a minute on each side. Take it out, sprinkle some salt, garlic, and cilantro. Say hello to Evan. 
and you can also cook it you can also boil it in water and unlike the ripe version of them when they are green they're always going to be salty no they're going to go towards the salty taste instead of sweet like the ripe plantains so get a stability ball play pearl jam while you work out and then go and get some plantains baby f m f all right we're gonna close with the word of the day which is compassion compassion as a as the webster's dictionary thesaurus defines it is as sympathy or empathy related words are charity grace mercy benevolence humanness humanity tender-hearted or soft-hearted so compassion is just the, the feeling of empathy for people that are suffering for people that are going through rough times in life or for people that maybe don't have what we have or for some people that have way too much and they think they're the shit and you really just feel bad for them because they're just miserable rich fucks but of course it's mostly compassion is expressed or felt towards people in need whether it is a personal situation an emotional situation a financial situation it's just normal if you're a good-hearted person to feel compassion towards somebody that doesn't have the same things not the same things but maybe like the same peace of mind that you have for certain situations could be a person that's going through a loss a loss of a of a relative of a beloved person they can go be going through addiction or they're dirt poor you're going to feel compassion towards them and it's not a pity party it's not feeling sorry for them it's just the, these words like sympathy and empathy like really don't have that clear definition it's kind of like subjective or a little bit abstract for me when i try to to talk about this like what is really empathy well like having compassion towards people what is compassion mm, like having empathy towards people but we know what we feel when we feel compassion towards someone we know what that feeling is and it's a feeling that almost like bends our back and makes us feel like heavy-hearted for people that are suffering it also sometimes compassion just wakes up inside of us and it translates into charity a lot of people when they do charity 
they think that they're doing it for other people, for the people, the recipients of their charity, but they're really doing it for them, for themselves, to feel better about themselves. And that's just bullshit. That's not charity. When you do that, you know, you're literally just boosting your ego. Like, your ego is fucking up with your mind, and it's telling you, if you do this, you'll feel so much better, because then you'll realize that you are such a fucking great person. And you go and do it. And all you are really expecting is to feel acknowledged, to feel noticed, for people to look at you and be like, oh my God, you're such a great guy, you're such a great girl. You know, you make yourself look like you're this super benefactor and you're just doing it for your own personal boost. You're making everybody believe that you're just the walking image of altruism when all you want is just to hear the shower of compliments because you're such a great guy you're such a great lady because you give so much oh a lot of people give so much because they have so much they have so much shit that they don't need they don't use they don't wear anymore you know and even those people like they're probably just like fuck it doing purges and cleaning around the house and it's not really like they're dying to go and be like, oh my God, I'm so happy, so grateful that I have all these clothes that I'm going to go away. I'm going to throw away. Instead of doing that, I'll just go and, you know, donate them to Goodwill or Salvation Army. But the real compassionate person does it in the real and true form of altruism, which is the practice of disinterested and selfless concern for the well-being of others. You know? Like, and but you have to be very careful with compassion and you have to practice it like everything in moderation. Because then it can turn into codependency. And a codependent person is that one that is always looking to heal others. To take care of others. To help others. But not themselves. And that becomes a problem... Because if we lose control of the care over ourselves, who's going to take care of us? 
we're too busy taking care of everybody else. And everybody else is too fucked up, and they're all being taken care of by you. So who's going to take care of you? It has to be you. You have to be first. If you start abandoning all the practices and all the things that you do to be in balance, and all you're doing is stretching yourself out of time, out of money, out of life to help other people, then you're just fucking yourself up. I don't think there's that degree of contentment. You you can't do that and honestly be content with your life deteriorating because you're helping other people way too much. So you just have to like be very, very careful um, with people that are also going to turn dependent of you because you're always there for them. And when they know that, they're going to be your codependents because without you, they can't function. Without you, they can't do anything. Without you, they're not safe. And you're giving it all and giving it all and giving it all and never taking care of you. So you can't spread yourself too thin. And remember not, even if we have good hearts, we're not going to do good all the time, especially in other people's eyes. And some people are living in unfortunate situations. Some people have taken a wrong turn and ended up in the wrong place or with the wrong habit. But you cannot just like give yourself away for them and then forget about yourself so like everything I think this word is so important it's moderation moderation with everything you know exercise has to be done with moderation when when the body starts aching a little bit too much it's probably telling you hey you got to slow down you know you got to take it easy because we only have one body and it's, it, it exercise takes its toll on, on the body. Whatever type of exercise that you do, whatever physical activity you practice, it's going to take a toll in your bo- on your body. So you got to moderate yourself. You got to control yourself if you think you're going a little bit too hard, crazy hard. Music. Yeah, I I don't think music should be consumed in moderation. I think music should be on 24-7 all the time, everywhere. That's just me. And of course, moderation with food. Keep your carbs in control, especially the junk sugar. Cookies, candy, all that nasty shit 
cereal, bad shit that they sell. All fu- full of that fucking corn syrup. All that shit, what it causes is inflammation in your body. You gotta get rid of that shit. Eat natural carbs from fruit, you know. Look around for fruits and different foods that have a low to a moderate glycemic index. And what that means is that those are going to be the foods that are going to raise your blood sugar in a low or a moderate level. And therefore, you're not going to have those huge insulin spikes, productions of insulin to to regulate the amount of sugar in the blood. So do that. And even with fruit, all the carbs you consume, moderation, moderation, everything in moderation. Moderation is the key. Moderation is the word. And this is it today. I'm exhausted. I had a long ass couple of days. I'm on this new routine of waking up at four o'clock in the morning and, you know, coffee, yoga, a little workout. Tomorrow I'm going to do jujitsu with the psychos at 4.30 in the morning. Then I'll come back and probably do some yoga. Then I have to go and teach. I'm back on doing this podcast. I'm recording a lot of music, sending demos to to my friends in the music community to just reaching out to them for producing expertise for production work for my uh, upcoming album and I'm probably going to do like three releases because there's such a great amount of songs that I have that I have not recorded and since I'm on this run and I have my computer back and all my software knock on wood it's going to be working fine I'm going to really dedicate this uh, summer to get those songs done I o- I'm also planning uh, kind of like a it's not a songwriter uh, pilgrimage anymore but it's going to be a little recording trip I'm going to seclude myself in a cabin in Idlewild it's my mother-in-law's cabin and I'm going to record a full album and I'm going to do a music video for each song out there in the mountains, in nature, in beautiful, beautiful landscapes, and, you know, maybe one coffee shop or two. And, yeah, I'm going to start releasing all that together with more podcasts. Once I get a a good role, we're going to have guests. Hopefully, I'm going to get a lot of people from the fitness industry, a lot of people from the music industry, and a lot of people from the food industry. All the the lo- the owners of, of local businesses, I'm going to try to get them here so 
we can spread out the world that Temecula is the place to be. We're going to have a lot of people from the wineries too. I've been talking to a lot of them every now and then when I <clears throat> when I go out and play my gigs. And um, this, this weekend's fucking heavy. Tomorrow I'm at the pizza factory with special guest doing a totally totally total 90s it's all alternative rock from the 90s friday i am with psycho alien hunter p at pub and grub we're doing a, an acoustic duo saturday i'm at wine and beer garden with the black hat saints then i have a private party in wine country and then sunday i am with the black hat trio acoustic at the lorimar winery 3 p.m to 6 p.m and i fucking love it i love it so much i'm so fucking grateful great week fill fill with work fill with awesome people that i'm going to see when i go and train jiu-jitsu when i go to my pain management clinic uh, yoga class when i go and play my gigs with all my brothers when i go to train friday at icon and then roll again with my carlson gracie brothers and sisters and then play fucking rock and roll all weekend long yes i am grateful yes i am happy fuck yes i consider myself successful think like that be positive throw affirmations to yourself every day tell yourself how much of a fucking badass you are and if you don't feel that way then go out there and start being a badass wake up early kickstart with a workout or do something active read something productive and then get on with your day and start planning how you will be the next guy or gal to take the fucking world over be good don't be an asshole take care of each other love each other simon so says peace and love and rock and roll